Well, hello everyone and welcome back to Transformation Church. Um, though we may not be in the building together, um, we are still church together. Amen. And so I was funny, I was thinking about how strangely 2021 has started, uh, both with news here locally and abroad. Um, I was flipping through social media the other day and I saw somebody post, um, I would like to return my subscription to 2021. I've had the seven day free trial and I don't want it anymore. Um, it's a bit of a funny joke, um, but certainly what's going on in the world is not funny. And I know we're all experiencing in different ways the ramifications of everything going on. Those of you who are listening and live in Quebec, if you're here and it's January 2020, we are now experiencing somebody that something that for most of us we've never experienced. Uh, we are having a nightly curfew. Um, our lives are changed. Our lockdown has been extended, uh, so on and so forth. Though we're experiencing similar things to the rest of the world, uh, it's new for us. And certainly if you weren't alive in the early 1970s here in Quebec, uh, this is new for you as well in terms of the curfew. So there's a lot of strange news going on. Um, some We're feeling some ramifications from other political events happening around the world. But praise God, I really do believe this. I don't say this out of any sense of trying to ignore the reality. I do believe that God is on the move and that he is using the events that are happening around us to help shape and mold us into the church that he's called us to be. You know, the Bible tells us very clearly, God works all things together for good for those who love him, right? So that's what he's doing right now. Believe right now in your life and in your house and in your work and in your, wherever you're involved, your schoolwork, that God is working together things for good for not just for you, but for others as well. You know, as we head into the new year, this is my first opportunity to share. Pastor Armory shared a great verse, a great, excuse me, like a great sermon last week on the four Ps of change for growth for 2021. Uh, growth as a church, growth in our personal lives, growth in our spiritual lives. And I encourage you to go back and watch that. If you're not sure, you can look at all our social medias or ask for the uh, presentation. And I won't repeat everything Pastor Armory said, but I do think this is a year where if we're gonna be, let's say locked down for the next four weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, let's use it to grow. Amen, to grow closer to God, to grow closer to each other, and to share the gospel with other people. And so as we headed into 2021 and the end of 2020 last year, and I was searching out the Lord's face for what we should be um, speaking about this year, what should I be preaching about? What sort of themes should I be looking at, Lord? You know, you ask the Lord these things, and some things became very clear to me, and one was really quite simple, and so I'm gonna start by letting you all know this initial challenge. I believe it's time to bring back memory verses, okay? And I just mean that uh, you probably do it with the kids' church and with your children and so on, but I think it's uh, fun. We got reminded of that, those of you who did the um, Bible study last year with Experiencing God, just a, a verse to remember every week. So every once in a while, and I will post a verse at the end of this uh, sermon today, I'll give you a memory verse. I think it'd be fun if you as couples, as families or whatever, maybe write that verse, put it up on your wall. You may be able to see the, the chalkboard there just to the side of me, I'm trying to point it, there you go, uh, up there on the wall, you know, write it on something like that. And uh, that way the whole family can kind of just remember what the verse is every week. And um, just try to just, you know, Get the word of God flowing in your heart and in your mind, you know, as we go through these tough times together. Um, many of the things that I want to talk about this year are just building up everybody's faith and everybody's discipleship, everybody's knowledge of what's going on. You'll hear me talking about church history uh, this year. You'll hear me talk about um, 
famous chapters or well-known chapters as sort of the foundational chapters of understanding things like theology and words that we use like orthodoxy and orthopraxis and eschatology. These are big theological words, but I'm going to work on breaking them down and helping us understand so that we are people that, as the Bible says, are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. People that stand firm on the word and our knowledge of God so that we can stand firm in this age that certainly seems to be anything but firm. We don't want to join into the willy-nilly craziness that's going on out there. We want to provide people with the knowledge that God loves them, God cares for them, and there is a plan and there is a way that they can know God's love in their life. I was reading this week and the Christian artist Lecrae uh, posted something. He said, when the devil makes a plot, God has a plan. And so I agree with that 100%. So even if the devil is scheming and plotting, God has a plan that the devil has no input on and cannot stop. So amen, we're going to look at those things this year. But as I continue to search the heart of God about what I should pray about, excuse me, speak about, and so on, I already gave the answer there. Um, one thing was uh, sort of sticking with me. Last year, I had written in January, January 2020, I had written a bunch of sermons out that I was going to preach through the whole of 2020. Of course, not knowing what would happen with the lockdowns and so on, but I just prepared sermons all the way through roughly till about June-ish, May, June-ish, and uh, this was in January. But um, at the end, I had written out all, all of them. Actually, since then, I've preached all of them except for the last word. The last word I had written down was something I was thinking about and hadn't really, didn't touch on again for the, the whole of year 2020. Maybe it was the pandemic and other things and changing some things and the Lord led me in a different direction. But I was trying to decide if I should go in that direction again. And I happened to be speaking to my brother um, about something. And we were talking back and forth about doctrine and about God and so on. And, and he brought out the word. He, he, I said something to him. He said, what you're doing there is you're digging out the well. And then that's when it hit me like, yes, that's the word. And so the word I was telling you about that was written on that page that I had never uh, used was wells. This whole idea of digging wells or, 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 or <laughs> in fact, drinking from wells that we have. Now, that may sound a bit odd. It's a very um, maybe... Um, Christianese thing to say, a Bible word that, uh, you know, we all know what wells are, right? We know wells are where you go get water. Some of you may um, even have lived on farms or lived in places where they're still using wells. In fact, we still use wells today. They're just not as visible. Um, but of course, in the Bible, wells are quite prominent. There's all sorts of stories about wells, right? Abraham's well and Jacob's well. And of course, Jesus talking to the woman at the well and so on. And it's hard to underestimate um, sorry, it's hard to overemphasize how important wells were in those times. You know, wells were the source of water. Water was the source of life to people actually living at that time. You know, so the person who owned the well, the person who owned the ground around the well had a lot of power, had influence, and had to protect that well. Um, so much so that disputes would arise over ownership of wells. Blood would be shed. People would die over who owns the land and the well, it was a very, very big, a very, very big thing. Uh, so much so that even, even in times of battle and so on, if you had an army advancing towards your town, you might actually purposely block up and destroy the wells on the way to your town so the army advancing wouldn't have water. Or conversely, if you were running away from an area and you didn't want people to follow you, you would, you would block up the wells so that they couldn't follow you. You see, so it's, it's, it's very, very important to understand that the whole idea is wells are a source of life. They are a source of 
uh, refreshing. They're a source of what we can call water in the natural, but the water of the spirit in the sense that it's something we need. And so I want to start this year by talking about a series of wells, things we absolutely need, sources of life we absolutely need as Christians today in order to be able to keep on going, to live, to survive. These are not like nice to have things. These are things we have to have. In the same way, you have to find a well in the desert or you will die of thirst. It's very important to talk about these wells. In the same way that if these wells these wells spiritually get blocked up in our lives, we need to unblock them. If they get blocked, if they get attacked and so on, we need to regain them. So I think you get the imagery of what I'm going here. That's why I'm using the idea of wells. You'll see it in the imagery and so on on, on Facebook and YouTube and, and, and so on and so forth. It's about digging these deep wells in our lives, in our church as well, that are very, very important. Okay, so that's the whole idea behind the wells thing. And I want to take some time to talk about one of those wells in particular today and how we're going to apply it specifically in the church, in our church life, even if we can't meet together in person. So one of the most important wells, and the one I'm going to start with today because it fits in with our, or the way we're scheduling things right now, is the well of prayer. Now I was thinking about one of the things I miss the most about hanging out with people in person is prayer. You know, especially when someone is ill or someone is uh, needing encouragement, that whole ability to be able to lay hands on people and pray with them and so on is just so special. It's so uh, unique. It's so holy. That is something I do really miss. You know, uh, even surrounding one person who's going through a tough time and a bunch of people just surrounding them, lifting them up in prayer and praying for them and encouraging them and so on and so forth. And now, well, that is the ideal. It doesn't mean it's something we can't do. Um, you know, and also the whole idea of prayer and fasting, which is really where we're going to concentrate today as well, is something that I think we need to discuss. And of course, we don't really talk about prayer meetings. People often talk about, well, we should pray more. We need to pray more. And now, I listen, I never disagree with that. Praying is something that should be part of our daily lives. And prayer meetings are great. Right now, every month, we do prayer meetings. In fact, there's, you know, one just went by and there'll be one every month on a Saturday. A prayer meeting where we just get on Zoom and we just pray together. And, you know, they have been fantastic. All of 2020, I can tell you, the prayer meetings have just been fantastic. They've been meaningful. They've been uh, important. And so many things, God has come through on so many ways during those meetings. So I really do encourage you to be part of those meetings, okay? But I don't want to, this isn't about, oh, digging up the prayer wells means going to more meetings. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. Let's talk about the whole idea of prayer. First of all, let us remember that prayer is not something that is complicated. Jesus himself, when the disciples asked him, Jesus, how should we pray? He turns to them and he replies with the Lord's Prayer. And most of you probably know that, but if you don't, I'll repeat it. He says to them, this is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, how will it be thy name? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now you may, those of you who remember it from childhood and so on, may remember the part at the end. You know, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory for and ever and ever. Amen. That was added on later by the church. Not a bad thing, but Jesus just said that first part I mentioned. And you can look at that as a model of prayer. We're not going to take too much time today uh, going through that. But if you want to read that, you can go back to, to the Gospels and, and read uh, where Jesus teaches that. But what I believe Jesus is really teaching there is that, hey, prayer is not complicated. It starts with a worship of God. How will it be thy name or honored be your name? You know, 
may your will be done. So we want things to be done God's way and so on and thanking God for our daily provision and praying for God's help. It's very simple. Okay, and I want to make sure that we don't overcomplicate it, especially those of us who are in, you know, Pentecostal charismatic circles. We believe in the power of God. We believe God to do miraculous signs and wonders. And uh, we have to be careful to realize that you can't pray these things into existence. You can't make them happen by some choice of words or if you pray long enough or if you pray the right big words or so on and so forth. That's not how it happens. Jesus invites us to a life of simple prayer. Um, and I was studying and reading and uh, to be honest, I've, I've lost the... Um, reference for these points, but I wish I could give credit to the person who, who had um, put these down. But in any case, remember that prayer has three important components. It's to enjoy and participate in the simple presence of God. So when it's, there's group prayer and also simple individual prayer, being in God's presence and just communing and being in relationship with God. So part of that means, while we may be asking, never forget that part of prayer is silence. Silence and just listening, uh, as the message calls it, the, uh, for the unforced rhythms of God's Spirit. Just listening to God speaking to you, reassuring you, encouraging you, maybe correcting you, maybe showing you which way to, to go. But just remember to take time when you're praying to do that. I would start with it. Start with God. I just worship you. I honor you. Thank you, thank you for everything we have in our lives. I just worship or honor you. You're God alone. And then just be quiet for a little bit and then start praying. You know, Listen to God. You know, as you're reading the word as well, which we'll get into in another well, and you're praying, just listen for where he's pointing. He might be telling you to read a certain scripture or to go to a certain area, whatever it may be. And then, of course, the Bible makes it very clear. Bring all your prayers and petitions to God. How many? I see this all the time. How many? All your prayers and petitions to God. So bring everything. Thoughtfully express to God your thoughts and feelings, whatever is on your mind and heart. You may feel even angry, you may feel confused, you may feel sad, you may feel happy, you may feel overjoyed, whatever, just express to God what's on your heart. And let then, once you've done that, and pray for the people in your lives and the things in your lives, and when you've done that again, return to that posture, that position of silence, and just hear what God would say to you in those things. Okay, It's so important, and I really do encourage you, but I want to now jump into a few scriptures. So if you've got your Bibles, get that out, or if you have your phones with your Bible, whatever it is. And let's talk about some prayer promises, okay? So this is, remember we talked about encouraging you to pray, start digging out this well now, making sure you're drinking from this well of prayer, and look what happens when we pray. These are just some Bible promises. I'm not going to add much to them. Let's read. Matthew 7, 7 to 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you when he asks for a loaf, when his son, excuse me, asks for a loaf of bread, you will give him a stone. He's saying God is good. This is Jesus speaking now. Your father in heaven is good. So if you ask him for a loaf of bread, he won't give you a stone. And of course, he's being very practical here. So he's saying, ask God and it'll be given to you. Now, of course, well, he's not saying, oh Lord, I need a million dollars. This is not, it's not a vending machine God we're talking about. But when we bring our petitions and needs to God that are our, our real needs, not just our wants, our needs, God will answer. Let's keep on going because it just, it just, there's so many. By the way, I'm going to say four or five verses, but there are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. I'm just saying some of them. Matthew 21, 22. 
And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Sounds familiar. John 14, 13 to 14. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus again. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. Now he's talking to his disciples, but we could take this promise. And that your fruit will remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. And that's why when we pray, we say, in Jesus' name, because that's how we're asking. That's what we are encouraged to do. Let's even go to the Old Testament, Psalm 10, 17. O Lord, you, heard, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear. Incline your ear means you will go like this. You will listen, right? So Lord, those who come to you humbly, you strengthen their hearts. And boy, we need strengthening in our heart right now. And he will turn his ear to us. He will listen to us. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. Amen? Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two or three of you agree on anything, and they ask it, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Amen? Like, I just, like, blah, 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 blah. I know I went quick there, but it's just to show you there's so many promises. When we pray, when we take the time, it will happen. But if you've got a, a, a well, okay, of prayer in your life that's, that's stopped, that, that's dug up, sometimes you've got to dig, and you've got to dig deep, and you've got to dig a while. We just keep on praying. Keep on persevering. And we know that God answers prayer. Even as I told you in 2020, we saw so many amazing things, salvations and healings and wonderful breakthroughs and uh, so many amazing reconciliations and so on and so forth through the power of God seated by a well of prayer. Okay, so the encouragement is to pray. And then those promises that I just gave you, this is what happens when we pray. Okay, I don't want to take too much time there because we've got a, a lot to get into because here's what we're calling uh, what we're doing now. We as a church are, and a church leadership are calling the church to one week of prayer and fasting from January 17th to 23rd, okay? This because on January 24th, which is a Sunday, we'll be having our Vision Sunday. What that means is, although it'll be recorded, of course, this time, we will be sharing the vision and where we think God is doing in 2021 of all the different ministries. The youth group will tell us what's going on. The kids church will go us out and tell us what's going on. All the other groups and so on and so forth will just say where God, what, what they believe God has for the church this year. We are not, the church is not locked down. I want to be really clear. The, the spirit of God, the gospel is not locked down. We are well able to speak and communicate with people and that's what we're going to do. So on January 24th, that's Vision Sunday. So the week leading into that, we're calling to the church everybody who can and will and wants to participate to pray and fast with us. Okay, so it's going to take a minute now just to talk about fasting. I want to be really clear uh, about one thing. Most people when they hear fasting, they understand not eating, which is okay. And even now there's popular fad diets, right? Uh, I think it's called the intermittent fasting is the big one right now. But we're not talking about that. Um, and... and I want to be really clear what fasting is, what it isn't, and how and if you should participate. One, fasting is the willful act of going without food for a certain amount of time. Okay? Many religions do it. It's, it's even non-religious people fast for different reasons. But in the Christian sense, there's a very particular meaning for it. And I was reading uh, some, you know, some history on this and some um, information on this, and I found a good quote from John Piper, the preacher, and this is how he says it. Fasting is a temporary renunciation of something that in itself is good, like food, in order to intensify our expression of need for something greater 
namely God and his work in our lives. And I'll add in our church. Okay, so thank you to John Piper for that good definition. What it is, it's a temporary, food is good. We don't renounce food because it's bad and it's making us unhealthy. No, we're saying in the time that I would normally be eating food, I will take that time to seek something greater for a temporary time. Not permanently because God is more important than all things. Okay, so it may mean that some of you have done this before and you're able to fast for a whole day and God bless you. Other people may only be able to do, uh, you know, dinner or whatever. That's okay too. I want to be very clear about something though. Uh, a scripture in the Old Testament tells us, do not sacrifice that which costs nothing. And, and, and it's important to understand, for example, breakfast is a meal. I know a lot of people are like me. Maybe you're running out to the office in the morning. If you're still going to the office, I, I do. And half the time I forget to eat breakfast. And so if I stop eating breakfast to pray instead, I'm not sacrificing anything. I'm not replacing something which is good, eating, with something which is greater, the prayer and fasting. I'm just forgetting to eat again and praying instead. Be careful not to take it that lightly, but at the same time, don't religiousify it. Don't make it so religious that you realize, listen, I've been fasting for two days. I can't take it anymore. I really feel weak. By all means, you, you, then, you know, pray and eat. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're pregnant, please do not fast. You know, if you're ill, please do not fast. Pray along with us. If you don't fast, it doesn't mean you can't pray with us. But if you are able to fast, I encourage you, maybe you pick uh, dinners, you pick a couple of days, one day, whatever it is, we ask during this week that you pray and fast. And the time that you otherwise would be eating, you fast. Also, I want to add, as a pastor, please do not have your children fast. Uh, children need their energy, especially with all the things they're going through now and Zoom and so on classes. Uh, please, uh, let's restrict this to adults. And, uh, but certainly your children can and should pray along with us. Now, when you're fasting, we're not around people right now, but remember what Jesus said about fasting. Okay. This is Jesus quoting now Matthew six, when you fast, don't look somber like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces to show that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So it won't be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is heaven and what he is and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So fasting isn't all about like, oh, I'm fasting. It's so tough, but it's for the Lord. Oh, no. Just when you're fasting, you go on. You, 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 you don't fake it, but you refresh, your, you refresh your face. Hey, if you've got the well of prayer in your life, you use that water well of prayer in your life, refresh yourself, and you just go about your day knowing that God will strengthen you. Amen? So we're asking you to partake in that, in that week. You know, we see prayer and fasting have amazing results. Um, before Paul and Barnabas were named to the ministry uh, in Acts 13, verses 1 to 3, the apostles and believers prayed and fasted before the decision was made. Okay, And so when they had prayed and fasted, and then they came to the decision to anoint Paul and Barnabas, uh, God, by prophetic words, had set apart uh, for me Barnabas and Saul, they laid their hands on them, and sent them off on the missionary journey. So it's just to show you that prayer and fasting can have very large impacting results on a local church body, okay? So what I'm going to ask you is this, okay? Just to understand where we're going. Each day of the, the, the um, January 17th to the 23rd, we'll have a different focus. On the January 17th, we're asking people just to pray generally, get, get themselves ready. And then on January 18th, I want us to pray together as a church body. So that's a week from Monday, okay? So January 18th, pray for a breakthrough in prayer, 
Okay, so there will be a deep desire for everybody in Transformation Church to just have a life of prayer for that, just a well of prayer to just be opened up and springing forth in all of us that everybody can drink from. We look at scripture just to kind of encourage ourselves in that way. Psalm 27, eight says, 27 verse 8 says, My heart says of you, seek his face, your Lord, your face, Lord, I will seek. So just seek his face, that the whole church would have this sort of desire just to seek God's face. Not to see growth or to see this or to have this amazing thing happen, just to see God's face. And guess what happens when you keep your eyes on God's face? Amazing things happen and God will move and all those other things happen because we've kept our face on the one who made us. Amen? A reminder, right, about a breakthrough in prayer means making the concerted effort to do that. We were reminded in the life of Jesus, Luke 5, 16 said, Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. I realize how hard this is right now, especially with all of us living in lockdown. We are kind of surrounded by family members. But I do encourage you, even if it's for 5, 10, 15, 30 minutes a day, speak to your spouse, speak to your kids, speak to whoever you have to speak to and say, listen, for the next 10 minutes, next half hour, I need some alone time. I've got to have some time with the Lord. Okay? And just take that time to pray. That's on the 18th. Pray for those breakthroughs that people would have uh, that uh, that, that, that not just will, but that unction to just go and do, make all the stops so that we would pray more. Okay. And I'll be, by the way, for those of you who have, we have your emails or we have uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is, we'll be posting this all the time to remind you of what we're, what we're praying about. January 19th, we're going to pray for a hunger for the word of God in the church. Okay. Jesus, remember, said this, Matthew 4, 4, when asked, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out from the mouth of God. It is important that we all have a hunger and thirst for the word of God. It's a well we're going to talk about in the future and that we would know the word, that it'd be something that would be in us, in our hearts and on our minds at all times. Psalm 119, 18 says, open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. Of course, to them, they had the law, the book of the law. The Bible is a rich depository of so many amazing lessons and so many amazing teachings. May the Lord just open our eyes. It's important. I'm not saying that the Lord's going to open our eyes to things that are hidden messages or special messages that other people don't know or have. That's not what I'm saying. That's not a thing that exists. I'm talking about that people would understand and just see what the Word is saying for what the Spirit wrote it to say. Amen? Okay, January 20th, we're going to pray for the salvation of souls and for evangelism in and amongst us. Amen. Our families, our co-workers, our, our, excuse me, our community, so on and so forth. Because we believe that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, you know, through the praying and through the reading of the word, we see people saved. Acts 1 verse 8, what does it tell us? It says, the promise was when the Holy Spirit falls upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and ends of the earth. We will go out so that the people of God would be bold and would be uh, loving to go and share the gospel with their friends and their neighbors. So that's what we're going to pray with uh, for on January 20th. Um, January 21st, the day after, we're going to pray for an outpouring of the giftings and the work of the Holy Spirit in everybody in the church. We believe in being an apostolic church, a church that is entirely active. Every member of the church equipped and able to share the gospel, to reach out to people, to help people, everyone. Ephesians 3.16 reminds us, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit 
in your inner being that each individual, everybody within the sound of my voice and the other people attached to the church will know what it is in their inner being for the spirit to flow out of them like a well and that the Holy Spirit gifting and outpouring would touch our family, our friends, and our neighbors. Listen to this great verse from John 3, 34. I love this one. It says, For the one whom God has sent speaks the word of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. So let's just pray that everybody in the church and all the other churches in the West Island of Montreal understand that God gives the Spirit without limit. There's no limit to His love. There's no limit to how He's going to pour out His Spirit. Let's pray that we'll experience and know that. Not in the future or when things are back to normal. Forget normal. I want this to be our normal. And if it takes being locked down and being quarantined and being curfewed to experience this, then let's do it. Let's do it together. Amen? January 22nd, we're going to pray for the generations. I really do believe there's a special blessing in church bodies that understand that everybody from the youngest baby to the oldest member are united and blessing and encouraging each other. We read in church last week, Psalm 145, verse 4. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Let's be a church that understands that we're here to support each other and build them up. We are not several groups competing and I want things this way and I want things that way. We're all in this together for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us pray that a blessing will fall upon the generations. It's not a mistake that the song 2020... The, the most popular song of 2020 was The Blessing because it spoke of the generations and of being blessed and one blessing the other because as the world grows more and more separated and as people become more and more uh, separated in their opinions of politics and social things and every economy and so on and so forth and the generations are uh, have so much conflict because they don't understand each other and don't do the same, same way. The church goes the opposite way and brings everybody together and says, no, we're all in this together. Let us encourage and love one another. Amen. Psalm 8, 1, 2. Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Amen. So when you sit there and you watch, uh, those of you who are on the kids' uh, Christmas presentation uh, on Zoom and so on, that's not just kids doing a cute Christmas story and it was fantastic. It's not just older children uh, doing great readings and singing and whatever it is. It is a stronghold against the enemies. The silence is the foe and the avenger. The praise of children. Amen. And that we can't, you can dress that up all you want, but it is what the word says it is, and let's encourage that type of thing. In the same way that a word of wisdom from somebody who's much older than you can be something that heals you, that helps you, that equips you, and brings you through the experience you're having. It's let us be a church that even if we're separated uh, physically, stays united in the spirit. Amen? And let's, of course, we all know this one. In the last days, Acts says, it's a, a continuation of the prophecy of Joel. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. I don't know if it means that I'm an old man last night. I had a dream last night. Today is, I'm recording us on a Saturday. So Friday night, I had a dream. I'm not sure what it means, man, but I know the Lord is speaking to me. It was, it was church-centric. I had nothing to do with what I was watching or what I ate the night before or anything like that. And maybe that means I'm old, but that's fine. I just know that God is moving. So even as we're all locked down, that's not going to stop God from giving you dreams. That's not going to stop God from giving you driven, dri visions. That's not going to stop God from young men and young women prophesying. So let's pray that into reality in our church. Amen? 
Acts 2.39, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Do you know what that verse is talking about? It's literally talking about me and you, the Gentiles that would come to be saved in the future. So this promise of the Holy Spirit falling on everybody, on all flesh, is for you and for me. Amen? And finally, on the Saturday, January 23rd, we're going to pray for our leaders and ministry teams and missionaries that we support and our government. Let us remember the word of the Lord, 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 2. I urge you then, first of all, that petition, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all our godliness and holiness. My friends, now is the time to lift up our leaders in prayer. It's not time to tear them down. It is not time to criticize beyond normal criticism. It is time to lift them up in prayer. Things are falling apart. The normal social order is in disarray. Things are very, very stressful, very, very chaotic. So lift them up in prayer. Lift them up in prayer. Let us pray for our prime minister. Let us pray for our mayor. Let us pray for our premier. Let us pray for every member of parliament, so on and so forth. And even around the world, you know, we often get very affected by the news to the south of us, don't we? Well, lift them up in prayer. Don't tiss tiss them or, or other way around, whatever it is. Pray for them. We, whether you agree or don't agree, it's irrelevant. Our calling is to pray. So let's lift them up. And of course, to pray for the leaders. Please pray for me. Pray for Pastor Armory. Pray for all the elders. Pray for all the deacons. Pray for all the ministry team leaders, all the missionaries we support over in Haiti and in Sri Lanka and everywhere else where we support people. They need our prayers in this time. Jeremiah 29.7 reminds us, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Think about this. Pray to the Lord, for if it prospers, you too will prosper. Think of the message that he's giving there, just to give you context. They are being carried away as prisoners into another city. And the Lord's prophet is saying, pray for the city that's taking you to captivity. And they did it. So how much more should we pray for the city that we chose to live in? Amen? So let's pray that Montreal will see a fruitful and bountiful 2021. Pray for our province and even our whole country. Amen. I'm sorry. I know I've been sort of bursting through here. I don't want to take uh, all of your time here, but I think it's so important that we dig. And frankly, part of what I'm doing is digging a well. I feel like that I'm, I'm right now, I'm sort of in there digging out and making sure that it springs forth. We are going to make every effort we can to open the well of prayer in Transformation Church. We're going to do a couple of things during that week. Uh, we're going to have uh, morning meetings called Dawn Treaders. So for those of you who are able to, at 6 a.m. for half an hour, we'll open a Zoom room and people will come online to pray just for half an hour at 6 a.m. during that week. We will do the same thing every evening that week at 7 p.m. for half an hour. So if you feel so inclined, come and join believers. I really do believe, that even if you've never joined a prayer meeting before, if you start joining these prayer meetings, you will see the move of God, not just in your life, but all around you. Amen? So I want to end by just encouraging you with a couple of things. It's a difficult time. 2021 has been a bit wonky to start. But praise be to God, he is on the move and he's doing his thing and he's got you in his hands. I want to read from Psalm 37, 23 to 25 for you. It says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Amen. So take that for you this morning. Okay, I'll take it for me this morning. That's how God is going to watch over us, even in this difficult time. 
And finally, I want to end with this message. I want to end with this verse. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen? So I promised you that I would ask you to remember or try to memorize a verse. So I'm the, today, I'm going to go back to my Psalm 37, 23 to 25, and encourage you to make that your family memory verse this week. The Lord makes firm the steps of those who delight in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him and with his hand. I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. So I encourage you to sort of memorize that and put that up somewhere, write it down, whatever. So it just becomes part of your knowledge, something that your mind and spirit can call upon in the future. I really do believe that this is a season of digging up wells, of letting wells just burst forth. And I'm just asking you to join us that week for prayer and fasting. If you have any questions, any concerns, you can contact us. You can always email the church at info at transformationmtl.com or you can contact us on all the social media platforms. We'd be happy or to call the church at 514-421-1992. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. We're happy to hear from you. We're here to support you. I just pray God's blessing over each and every one of you. God bless you and have a great week. Take care.